Imposter Syndrome is brought to you by Fake Bake, an award-winning company offering premium self-tanning products to help you achieve a stunning, natural-looking color without subjecting your skin to the damages of the sun. Fake Bake believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice the health of your skin to get a rich, natural bronze. That's why Fake Bake have created revolutionary self-tanning products that contain no parabens. I love Fake Bake because it gives you a flawless tan and you feel and look like a Hollywood superstar, which is fabulous, of course. And in the early days of lockdown, I used it for all my Zoom calls where I looked healthy and glowing. Just go to fakebake.com, check out their fabulous range of products, including Flawless Self-Tan Liquid, the best sunless tanning product for a quick, easy and effective at-home tan. It also features a tropical black coconut scent, which is delicious. I know you'll fall in love with it. Now you can get the best tan without exposing your skin to potential damage. Oh, and you also get a free luxurious mitt that's included too. Just go to fakebake.com and get your glow with Fake Bake and just fake it. Social anxiety syndrome, better known as imposter syndrome, is a real thing. It comes in many guises and can be relentless at blindsiding people. And you'd be surprised by who it affects. I'm Nick Ede and welcome to Imposter Syndrome. In this series, I'll be speaking to some of the most successful and talented people in the public eye who suffer from this modern phenomenon. Not long ago, when we could all still go out, I met up with Gail Porter. She's had a very successful TV and modeling career before developing alopecia. If anyone has had an inner turmoil, it's Gail. So good to see you. And you too. I haven't seen you for a wee while. A wee while. And listen, I am going to probably, by the end of this, talk like that and have a wee bit of an Are accent. Are you going to get a wee bit of an accent? I, mine gets worse every time I go back to Scotland. Does it? Yeah, when yeah. I go back, I don't really have one. Then I say, I write, okay, and wee bit. Those are the things I say. But apart from that, I'm used, I talk like this normally, but I will probably go into the Scottish You twang. are quite posh. You know, <laughs> I took my daughter up to Glasgow not that long ago, and she said to me, uh, we'd been walking up and down the street, and she's like, Mum, do, do people actually know that you're a girl? And I was like, why do you say that? Because obviously, you know, with being, I'm bald for anyone yeah. that's listening that doesn't know, I'm bald. So sometimes, you know, I do get, someone will say to me behind me, excuse me, sir. And then I turn around and they go, oh, she's a girl. Yeah. So anyway, she's like, do people in Glasgow know that you're a girl? And I was like, why would you say that? She went, everyone says, all right, wee man. And I was like, oh, no. I said, no, that's a term of that's endearment. That's Yeah, I love that's that. <laughs> all right, wee man. She thought everyone thought I was a wee I man. I love that. <laughs> no, it was so cute. Well, you're educating her on, on a different exactly. dialect. Exactly. I think it's really funny that people don't realise they are totally different kind of oh, words when, that we use. And when you go to Edinburgh, you're hen. All right, hen. You're right, hen. Why are you hen? You're right, doll. All right, all right, doll. <laughs> yeah, Glasgow's <laughs> yeah. more like doll, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because I am fascinated by imposter syndrome. I think it is such an interesting thing. And I think when you are, when you achieve a lot and you go through different uh, things in life, you sometimes feel that you are not the actual person that is standing in front of lots of people. And I was watching with fascination your amazing documentary, which is so, so good. And everybody, please, who's listening has to watch it. Go on the BBC iPlayer and watch it because it was a fascinating insight into how, you know, you can be a cultural icon and then, you know, suddenly underneath that, there's a lot going on and you are the Gail Porter that we love and know today, but you're a very different person from who people fell in love with when you were doing shows on BBC. So tell me, like, how, how is it manifested with you? 
Um, I think everybody, um, you know, no matter what walk of life you're in, whether you're, you know, staying at home and being a working, you know, looking after your kids at home, you're going to have a, a persona to other people going, yeah, no, it's great, it's all wonderful. Probably going home thinking, oh my gosh, mm. I want to just pull my hair out, I'm exhausted. Mm. But um, I think everyone has got that in them. Yeah. And um, when I st started working in front of the cameras, because I started working behind the cameras, mm -hmm. and I got a, not a lot of bullying, but obviously, you know, I was a young girl, was doing it work experience for mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you survive? I slept on sofas and stuff. And, but you want to do, you know, the happy face and make sure that everyone thinks you're professional and you're great. And I think you just suddenly get into that mindset. Mm. Um, and I think it, it did get a little bit more difficult when I was in front of the camera because you suddenly think everyone can see you. Well, not everybody, but, you know, a lot more yeah. people than just your boss in, at work or, you know, the receptionist when you turn up and say, would you like a cup of tea? Would you like a cup of coffee? Yeah. So there's like a handful of people when you work in an office and then suddenly you're in front of everybody and you're thinking, I don't want everyone to know that I'm struggling. Yeah. So I just think, okay, I... I'm going to have to put on this face for a lot of people, but it got a lot harder mm. because people would invite you out for dinner in the evening. I've had so many messages since this documentary came out going, we remember you invite, we invited you to this party. You always had an excuse. Yeah. I always had so an excuse. I'm really sorry. Um, I've got to do this or um, I'm looking after my friend's kids or I wasn't. Mm. I just could not face people looking at me because I didn't feel... Like I fitted in, I felt ugly. I always felt a bit, a little bit off. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had excuses for everything, and I think the more, the more you learn how to do excuses, the easier they become. And the more you kind of like, you do feel a bit d detached from that person that people see. I remember when I first started doing the Lorraine Kelly show, and I was doing that, and people were watching it, and I was like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be this person talking about what to buy at Christmas time and hi Lorraine, I'm on the red carpet at the fashion awards. Like that was like, why, why am I there? And but I, you know what, I'm, I'm going to say something to you now, okay. I'm taking over. So you were, you're great on it, you're yeah. always lovely. And then you put a tweet on about something about chins, your chins. Yes. And I was thinking, are you, I, I was not going to put it on Twitter because uh, sometimes I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to see it next Yeah. Week. You looked amazing and you always make me smile oh. when I see you. But then you, you're insecure, I would never think you'd be I'm insecure. I'm so insecure, I well, have. I don't know how. Do you know what, the thing is though, Gail, that I think nobody really understands this whole kind of thing because we all, it's relative to us. But you know, I was doing, when I was doing all the, when I got Project Catwalk, you know, head judge of that, I actually went to Shine, the TV production company, to offer to do a party for them. And I came out going for, an, basically had been in an audition and they went, they called me up and said, would you like to be a judge on the show? And I'm like, what? A primetime show on Sky One? And I get this job, which is amazing and it's great Perfect. money. Everything I love, I love fashion and style. But even being there as a judge sitting with all these brilliant people next to me, I still didn't believe that I should be there. I never had but that they confidence. Might, they might feel that as well. You I know, never know. I mean, but nobody talks about it. No. Nobody says to each other, actually, this is quite crazy that we're here and we really shouldn't. I felt so, I felt such an imposter. I laugh a lot. So when I turn up, like, when I turn up at meetings and they go, oh, right, we'd like to talk about this opportunity. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they went, we are being serious. I was like, oh, okay. Could you just give me two seconds? I need to go outside and then I'll just like phone my daughter going, <laughs> They're being serious. <laughs> she'll, she'll go, okay, I love that. Love you, mum. I was like, she went, why would they not be serious? I went, I don't know. And then I'll go back up and I'll say, I'm really sorry. I've got a serious I face on that. now. I Do just... you find it hard, though, to 
because it is hard to talk to people about it. I always found yeah. it very hard. I was I was going home. I was living on my own at the time, and I was very. I was really. It, it was so weird because everybody saw me as the party guys and okay every week. I would be doing all these amazing events for other people as well, and I was going home like soulless. I had no. I my passion had gone, but I knew I had to get up the next day and be like, da da. Yeah. I'm here, and it was just became quite soul destroying to be honest and because I had no one to actually share that with yeah and you probably felt the same way that's you were talking in your documentary a lot about isolation and you've got your daughter but even talking to her she's 17 so you know what I mean she's all over the place and I'm divorced so she's with her dad and then I've got her at the weekends and at the weekend she's either studying or she's whatever they do you facetiming I said to her what's TikTok she went mum we're not even going there don't even try and get anything else on social media. I was like, what is it? She's like, don't. So I'm not allowed to even know what it, even is. Do what it is. I don't know what it is. No, no idea. I know what it is, but I can never use it. I just I, don't what think is I it? I think it's basically people do like little memes or f- cartoons. What's or a meme? A, a meme. Is oh, she's, like he's a, laughing. You see, this is, this <laughs> is like why I say it's a fun video. It's like an inspiring, like, fun video that they oh, do. Oh, right. It's, it's for children, isn't yeah, it? Well, kind of kids, te- teenagers. But the problem is, we should know about it because we're like in the popular culture. See, I thought I was like, fine. I've got my Instagram, my Twitter, my, you know, everything like that. And then suddenly they've all got these things in, oh. I've just managed to get myself a bold emoji, so that's great. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> With that. With love heart eyes. So, that's yeah, cute. I got that and I was like, there you go. So I sent it to my daughter. She's like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> please don't try and be cool because it's not going to work. But yeah, no, I do. I get home after things and especially if it's quite intense. Like after I did Big Brother, that was a, not a good time in my life because I was in a really bad place and I'd hidden from everybody. And I'd been homeless and I didn't want to tell anybody. Mm. And I'd been bankrupt and I had, you know, I'd had you know, bailiffs outside my house before I became homeless. And you're just thinking, oh my gosh, how did this come to but this? how did it get to that stage? How did it get to that stage Well, for basically, you? divorce is not cheap. Yeah. And then my hair fell out. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, my mum's dead, my yeah. dad lives in Spain. I've got nobody to sort of like yeah. a family to say, could someone like- Help you out. Yeah, just give me, give me a hand here. Yeah. And I would never ask a friend because, you know, Scottish, yeah. never a lender or a borrower be. I will give money to anybody, but I yeah. will not take it off anybody. So it got to that stage and I'm not an extravagant person. I don't go on fancy holidays. I don't have a car. I just genuinely had no work coming in and the bills were going out and the divorce was extremely expensive. And yeah, and it was just going and going and then I couldn't afford the rent. So I moved out and I just thought I've got nowhere to go. It's crazy. I know. And I was just thinking, wow, this is, um, I'm doing okay, but then also I was too embarrassed to say to friends yeah. as well, could someone help me here? So, and also I couldn't afford to pay for a phone, so I didn't have yeah. a phone for a few months. So I was just literally walking around and um, there was a couple of friends I'd stay with. I didn't tell them how bad it was. Yeah. I said, you know, I'm just like in between flats. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it got to that stage and then Big Brother got in contact with somebody who knew me and they managed to get in contact with me and said, you know, it wasn't a lot of money, but obviously they knew that I was skint, so, yeah. you know, that's the way it works. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, I'll do it, but it's like my idea of hell, yeah. because, like, I'm not very good in enclosed spaces. With strangers. And with strangers. With and noise, it's noise, it's noise that gets me. Yeah. So I cried quite a lot when I was in there, but I never I never watched it back, obviously, because why would you possibly yeah, do that? Exactly. They all, they, when I came out, they said, would you like, would you like us to give you a tape? I was like, are you, no. are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, my God, I've been sectioned, but no, no. I would not want to watch that back. Why yeah. would anyone in the right mind? You guys saw one hour. You know how it works. Yeah, yeah. And we're in there 24 hours a yeah. day. And it was just from the minute I got up, 
they were just shouting and I was just thinking oh, why can't you just like if you don't like each other you know <laughs> go and sit in that corner or go yeah. and just have a cup of tea or something but it was endless it was and I just kept thinking get me out I used to go into the diary room and they go hi Gail what would you like I was like well actually can I get a phone <laughs> they were going well you know you can't get a phone mm. it's big brother I was like iPad no Gail you can't get an iPad could I get a book I can't please read. No, you're not allowed you to even get a book. That's crazy. No. Can I get a pen? You know you're not allowed to write. Can I get um, Scrabble? They went, Gaylor, are you just literally sitting here and asking for things that you can't that get, you can't get <laughs> because you don't want to go back in? I went, pretty much, yeah. I've got a list <laughs> in it. my mind of things that I can't get, but I don't want to go back. Please don't make me go back in. And then you have to go back in. And when I got out, I was just like begging every time. I got into the diary room going, please, I'm begging you, vote me out, please. Because if I walk, you know where it yeah, works, yeah. you don't get paid. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but you got right to the end though, which is amazing. At the last week, I think it yeah. was. And <laughs> when they said my name, I jumped out. I was so happy. I was straight to the stairs. I love it. You know, bye, guys. <laughs> every, everyone's trying to give you hugs. I was like, yeah, whatever. See you later. Yeah, bye. you're off. So, yeah, bye, bye, bye. We'll keep in touch. No, we won't. Did you make friends, any friends? Um, I, there was the... Um, Natasha from Atomic Kids, yeah, she was lovely. lovely. Fat Man Scoop was lovely. Uh -huh. I mean, they were nice enough. Yeah, but they're never going to be your best friends. No, and I think at my age, I've got yeah. people that I trust now. Yeah. I've gone through times where people you've trusted have not been, you know, mm -hmm. I've not been the kindest people. So it's very difficult to you know, yeah. get put in with all these people that are screaming and shouting. So, I mean, if I met any of them, obviously it'd be, yeah, you'd be extremely polite. Yeah. But when I got out, the um, what's the lovely lady that does the, the interviews? Davina. Uh, oh no, Emma, Emma Willis. Oh yeah, she's Love so her. lovely. She's so beautiful. And she? really good. She's really good. Kind. So she's like, first thing she said to me, she's like, so girl, you're out, how was it? And I went, I've been sectioned. And that was easier. Uh. Being sectioned was easier than being in that house. And she's like, right. And I remember bumping into the director. Because obviously I didn't meet him because you yeah. never see anybody. And I was in Sainsbury's and he came up to me and went, oh, just like, I'm the director of Big Brother. He went, I've never laughed so much. That is so good. When you came out, when being sectioned was easier than being, being in the Big Brother house. But it does, it is crazy. It's the, too the much. People. Have you been in the house? I've never been in the house. I used to do the, yeah, I've been around it. That's what I mean, it's small, yeah, it's, it's very tiny. Small. Yeah. And it's crazy when you do, I used to do Big Bots, you know, the, the spin-off show with yes. Mylan. I used to be on that and watching that and we would just talk about the different guests. It was crazy. But you know, the thing is that I think it's very interesting now with you how mental health has become such a big topic and everyone's talking about it. Obviously, the royal family were very big on that. And I think what's I think really... very big on everything at the everything, moment, Everything, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other things we don't want to talk about. We don't about. even want to talk about it. <laughs> we don't even go there. <laughs> but I think, you know, what they have done with the Heads Together campaign, they really did highlight something that a lot of people have talked about. And I think you are doing that now in a really good way. And I think your TV programme, what was so good about it was it was like, actually, this is me. This is the, there's nothing that you won't now know about me. And this is what I've gone through. And, and now, have you, did you find that really cathartic? And where, where's that going to go? It, it was obviously, it was very difficult to do in the first place because, you know, you're working with a team yeah. that are not going through mental health issues. So they're trying to understand me. And also we're dealing with a lot of people that are going through different issues that I don't understand. So like I had a lot of empathy and there was a lot of, there was, there was a few arguments between me and the director because she was like, right, just film that again. You can't film people's no. emotions again. Mm. Or let's like move on. We need to do this. We need to do that. And you're like, this is really sensitive. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that have got a lot of things that they're embarrassed to talk about. But um, yeah, no, I, I feel really good about it. It's like when my hair fell out. It was 
it was coming out in clumps and clumps in four weeks. Within four weeks, you saw my hair before. Yeah. Long blonde hair, yeah. loads of it. I mean, I used to go to the hairdressers just to get it straightened. And yeah. they'd see me coming in and they're going, oh, God. That's at least an hour doing Gail's <laughs> hair. And now I go in and they just went, cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, when my hair fell out, my mum was like, oh, you need to get a wig or you need to get a hat. Or, yeah. And I said, you know what, if something happens to me, I'm just going to take that stance. I'm going to say, this is it. Mm. You just look at me as I am and hopefully it will help other people so people don't feel like they're on their own. And the same with my ups and downs and depression yeah. and, you know, being told I was borderline personality or, you know, my manic moods and I just think, do you know what, if I could do anything that makes anybody else think I'm not on my own, then I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think the more people talk about it, the better. Because, I mean, like I say, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails I've had mm. and, you know, on social media going, thank you, I've felt like this, I thought I was on my own. So it's nice to know that people have thought I'm actually, yeah, there are other people out there. Because, you know, it's been really, like I've been, I mean, I've known you for years, on and off, and we obviously we're both in Scotland. And I remember, like in right in the early, early days, all my friends wanted to basically be with you because they all fancied you. They're like, try and get me Gail Porter's number. I was like, okay. Yeah, where are they now? Where are, yeah, they? <laughs> where are they now? Where are they now? Yeah, but, exactly. You know, I've, I've got a cat now. <laughs> I've been in situations with you, and they've been difficult situations because you've cried and you've and you have looked so scared. And I've been on red carpets with you. I've been at events, and I've felt so helpless. And I've, but I've also felt in my head that I'm there for you always, but I've also gone, I'm gonna let her deal with this in her own way, because I can't. Because the more fuss that happens. Yeah, the more fuss, it, the gets, worse it, it gets. worse for you. And I, I've always felt that, I've always been like, okay, I could really get you into a taxi, but I'm like, no, I think Gail needs to do that herself, because that would yeah, be yeah. better for her in the long run. And the thing is as well, I tend to like, turn up at things and then I start to get nervous then mm. I'll have a glass of wine and I'm not eating all day yeah. then I'll have another glass of wine and that's never good so then you get really emotional and then yeah. I get tired and then I'm overwhelmed by people and then I just think I should have stayed at home so hence the reason I don't really go to many things yeah now. exactly I don't like it I mean some some things I do like but I think in those days you've got pressured to yeah. do a lot of things because it's good for your profile and you're going to get more work and da -da -da. and so you were going to things and I just remember getting ready thinking I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. I could not think. And then that it gets into my head and then a couple of glasses of wine, no food and that's it, it's game over. Yeah. That was a door shut. That wasn't me like <laughs> yeah. punching anything. Just to put that into me. continuity. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just punching the walls, headbutting stuff, being Scottish. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's interesting that that whole part of celebrity is very interesting where you have to go to events that you really don't want to. Some people you, are really good at it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't mention <laughs> we that person. Know, yeah, we, we, don't, we know. You know. There are people who go to the opening of an envelope just because yeah. they know they're going to be on the Daily Mail the next day. And they don't, I don't think they suffer from imposter syndrome because I actually think they, that's they who they it. are. They yeah, love yeah. it. I think it's when you are, you know, I speak, Eva Longoria is a great friend of mine and we chat together sometimes. She's like, I love, her. I love her. We're good friends and we'll sit there and she's like, I am getting ready for an event in, for eight hours of getting ready, hair, makeup, dresses, everything, every, you know, 360 of her. And she's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this or I don't even want to go there, but I know I've just got to be there. And you go on and you're like, da-da. And it is such a pressure that nobody really can imagine. But then I think to myself, there are doctors and there's there are worse surgeons. Things. There's, I mean, there's worse things that happen. So that's why I just thought, I'm not going to anything that yeah. I don't want to go to. If it's anything to do with Star Wars, I am there. There, you're there. I am dressed as Princess Leia. I love Bring that. it on. But um, if there's other things, I just think, I don't really want to go there. And why? Why? I don't need to. If it's you not... didn't get into TV, what would you do? 
I'd be a nurse. Really? 100%, absolutely. Because okay. I did a programme with the lovely Sean Hughes, who oh, unfortunately yeah. passed away. Um, so it was me, Janet Street Porter. <laughs> Love that. And um, it was called So You Think You Can Nurse. I think it was on Channel 5 uh -huh. years ago. So I think they did um, So You Think You Can Teach in the okay. yeah. So it was a kind That's of a cool. series. So me, Janet and Sean turned up at Barnsley General. And um, so we got so it was like a week's induction. So you met all the nurses and doctors and did all the different um, the different wards. So we'd start children's, did a maternity. So you'd go through all of them. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the week, they'd say they'd decide on what ward you were going to actually work on properly mm -hmm. and find out if you could actually end up being an auxiliary. Which basically means you can, you can, you've got a badge. It says yeah, you yeah. can wipe. I can wipe your arse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Officially. So, um, so they got us all together, and they said, right, Sean, you're going to be on um, pediatrics because mm -hmm. he doesn't like kids. <laughs> so they were, you know, picking yeah, us really yeah, different. And he smokes and he drinks all the time. Okay, so he's like, yeah, good. And then um, they said, Janet, you're going to be a maternity. Okay. She doesn't like Hates babies. All that. Yeah. And they said, Gil, you're going to be an A and E. And I thought they know exactly what they're doing. I'm going to cry yeah. for three weeks. And I loved every minute of it. I, I would stay double shifts. Really? Oh my God. Cleaning, sitting, making cups of tea with old people. Love it. Hanging out with kids. I mean, I did have um, like, shocking drug addicts would come yeah. in covered you can't even see their skin because they've got nowhere else to inject oh themselves and I'd clean them and I'd sit with them and they'd go oh my god you look like Gil Porter and I was like oh I get it all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean there was one horrible incident when a young I got a phone call and um, the guy who was my mentor Kevin he said Gil there's like a cardiac arrest is coming in they don't end well um, the guy's 40, he's playing football with his seven-year-old son. Mm. The son's coming in first oh with gosh. the mother, the wrong in the park, out of nowhere. Can you, do you, you don't have to do this. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'll be there. Yeah. And um, so the kid comes in, so of course you're just thinking, all right, don't cry, don't yeah, cry. Yeah, yeah. Then the guy comes in and then they were doing the whole, you know, trying to resuscitate him. Yeah. And I was holding <sighs> his hand and it got to the stage that suddenly they just went and time of death is... <gasps> God. And he's still hanging onto my hand, and Kevin's looking at me. He's going, I was like, "Oh my god!" It was just, it didn't. Yeah. It was, and I mean, he was he was younger than me. Yeah. He'd just been playing football, and he's hard. Yeah. So anyway, um, I said, um, "Can I can I clean up?" And he said, "Are you are you up for that?" And I said, "Yeah." So I got him all. I've talked to him the whole time. Yeah. Cleaned him all up and like mopped the floor because there was a lot of blood and mess oh, and all this it. And um, yeah. They all, all the nurses and doctors stayed with me all night. That's crazy. They said, don't go home. You, and they were so amazing. And as much as it was a horrible, horrible thing, I got a letter from the wife and the son about a month later. Thank you so much yeah. for being there. And I've never, ever, in, like, just be doing a job, going home and thinking, oh my God, I was there for, you know, it was just amazing. I and loved why, it. And why, do you think it's because it's, it's not satisfying, obviously. It, I like it, taking care of people. You're taking care of people. In a weird way, you are kind of, uh, deflecting from you yeah exactly because that I think that's kind of where that comes into I think that's kind of like you know what you're like as a person so if you can take your your mind and all your energy and put it somewhere, put it somewhere else, else. Yeah, great it, it, and I used to great. love getting there was like an elderly lady and I could hear her when she'd go to the toilet she'd go where's Gail and I was like oh my god she wants me to wipe her arse and I was like I'm coming oh god and I'd put my wee gloves on and 
Hyper bottom and oh. take her back. It's like, and so anyway, it got to the end of this programme and I was just devastated. I didn't want to leave. I was like, yeah. I could stay in Barnes the General. Apart from the fact that when they wanted ibuprofen, I d it took me a while to understand what they were saying because they go, Gail, go get brofen from Cabinet. I, like, I, I don't know what just happened there. <laughs> I have no idea. Brofen, Cabinet. I was like, I, I don't know. That. So then they had to explain it to me. I was going, oh, it's the ibuprofen from the Cabinet. Brofen, Cabinet. So got that. So we're getting on fine. So, um, Sean failed, he did, he's not an auxiliary. Janet failed, don't think she really gave a shit to be honest. Yeah. Me, got mine, I was the happiest girl ever. That. And then I was I went to the student nurses, um, like wee bar thing afterwards, and yeah, Sean and Janet didn't bother coming. Really? I was like, I've got my, so I've still got my scrubs, That's and I've got my so little badge. Good. Yeah, I've got a little badge, so I can go and clean. Always go back there. Exactly. You've well, got that badge. I spoke to them recently, because unfortunately my mentor passed away mm. young. He had um, cancer, um, same age as me. Uh -huh. and so they said we'd love you to come back. So oh, I've still got my scrubs. That'd be really good. I've still got my nurses. Do you know what outfit. you're saying? That we're not. You know, my dad passed away what two years ago. Yes, was it last year. But you know, the weird thing is, uh, similar to what you're just saying, I was going home every Friday from here to go and see him, to, to be with him, and as soon as you do that, it deflects from everything else. My whole brain was just concentrating on one thing to yeah. make him happy and to be there and Puts do that. Puts everything into perspective. Puts everything just, into yeah. perspective and you kind of go, Caring okay. for people is the best thing in yeah. the world ever. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, I do it all the time. I find that, yeah. <laughs> the thing is you don't get paid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I do so much charity work. I love yeah. doing charity work, but you can't survive. No, exactly. Imposter syndrome is brought to you by Fake Bake. Fake Bake believes that you shouldn't have to sacrifice the health of your skin to get a rich, natural bronze tan. That's why Fake Bake have created revolutionary self-tanning products that contain no parabens. Just go to fakebake.com to check out their fabulous range of products, including Flawless Self-Tan Liquid, the best sunless tanning product for a quick, easy, and effective at-home tan. Just go to fakebake.com and get your glow with Fake Bake and just fake it. I think this is exciting for you because you, it feels like because of your documentary and where you're going that you're going to open it up to a lot of other people and they're going to be really respondent to you and hopefully you're going to help and save a lot of lives. It sounds like you're doing that already, staying She's up late and replying to emails, but I think, you know, if you're going to do more, people will really listen to you because I think, like I just said before, with the Royal Family, yeah, they can talk about mental health, but they're right up there and they're kind of not accessible. But people see you... It's not like they've been homeless. No, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Did you sleep on a bench in Hampstead Heath? No, I don't no, think exactly. so, no. But, you know, they've obviously been through what they go through and I'm sure it's very interesting if you sat with them to find out really what they're feeling. But I think someone like you is so relatable and I think it's going to be really exciting the next steps of what you do. I just, I never expected, because it was only supposed to be, the documentary was supposed to be independent BBC Scotland, and yeah. then it went BBC Scotland, main BBC Scotland, then suddenly it was on iPlayer, and I didn't expect any of that. I was yeah. thinking, no one's going to watch it, no one's going to see it, and literally people are stopping me in the street yeah. and um, having a chat or just a hug. Because yeah. I do think I see in it quite a lot that I love a hug. Yeah, you're a good hugger, a hug. you're a yeah. very good hugger. I'm a lot, I love a hug, that's my thing. But that, so. that it, a hug, can change everything. Oh God. One of my what friends, changes my days? If someone comes up and says, can I give you a hug? Yeah, unless they're a serial killer, yeah. I don't really want that. That's not ideal, <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Even <laughs> giving them a hug might stop them from killing. Yeah, well, exactly, it could too, yeah. But even, you know, one of my friends, like they, you know, they, they went through a very volatile relationship and she was saying every time we'd have these massive rows before we went to bed, I'd just go, let's just hug this out. Yeah. And they would do it and it would keep them 
you know, it grounds you, it keeps you who you are. And I think I that's so important. I don't think, I don't have rose, you know, I've never had a rose since I got divorced. I've never argued, me and Andy I don't, I think there's argue. no point. In fact, before then, I've always thought there's no point in arguing. I'm like, you have your opinion, I have mine. Leave Done. it at that. Leave Let, it at just that. In, exactly. Enjoy your life because I think and if it's that that's bad, why we can never do big. Well, I can never do Big Brother because I can't argue. No, they were just. I don't think I argued with a single person. I find it yet. quite funny that yeah, people I get hit up by stuff. Yeah. I, I was trying to think who I argued with. I don't think I argued. No, I think I cried a lot. Again. Yeah. Typical Gail, burst into tears and just wanted the date. Just wanted it to. It was just so relentless and I like reading I like yeah. writing and nothing I remember once we had to like write a list for I can't remember what it was it was like our food list or something <laughs> I kept the pen and I was like I felt oh really God, naughty I like that. I'd stolen something from yeah I felt like I'd stolen from Harrods yeah like I was gonna get shot and no one noticed you don't get shot at Harrods don't worry oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal from there but I felt like I'd done something really really awful and I thought, right, there's cameras everywhere. They're going to notice. They didn't notice for ages. But then That's eventually it. they went, could Gil Porter come to the diary room? And, and you're like, here we go. And the pen. Yeah. Do you feel now that you've got purpose? Do you feel like you've got your purpose back? Yeah, definitely. I feel like at least I'm, I feel like a, a bit, I'm doing things I want to do as opposed to doing things because I'm just surviving. Yeah. I feel like I, that documentary was really hard. And the fact that it helps other people makes mm. That's all I ever want to do. Is, yeah, you know. Help but the weird thing is, that you... and it makes me want to do more things like that. And if it means I don't do telly or I do do, yeah. I don't really. As long as, as long as I can keep the roof over my head and my daughter's head. Yeah. That's you know after being homeless, it's not it's not cool. Yeah. And it's not fun and it's extremely scary. And I think you're right about the whole. You know, I, listen, we've all been in those. I've been in a situation where I had zero money and I've had so much pride. I could never ask my family or anything, and you know. But I do, I asked one of my friends, I asked a friend for some money and we were, she was like, I, I don't want to give you cash, Nick, it's not like, but I'm like, I need it, I need to pay my rent. Yeah. And she was like, right, I'm going to employ you to do something for me. Oh, I was and asking for jobs left, right and centre. Uh, so yeah, off the back of that, obviously I got some money and I managed to pay my debts off. But I think it, I think you do have to ask people as well. I do think that sometimes, actually, if you do say to them, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I want, can you help me? People are there to help each other. We are there generally to look after each other. I think in the industry that we're in, and you especially, it's very hard because people have a massive opinion of us. They think we're making so much money. I know. Do you know what? I, didn't, I did my tax bill and I didn't even have to pay tax last year. That's yeah, how little money exactly. I got paid. I, I literally did, I, I skimmed the lowest pay yeah. bracket. And people were like, but you were on the TV, TV and you did this and you did this. And I was like, you have got no clue. They've got no idea. You have got no idea. I remember that when I was doing Lorraine, I remember, you know, I was doing that three times a week, getting paid 120 quid. I didn't get, I didn't get paid yeah. to do any of those and things. Then you, and, then you get, and then you get your tax, then you have to look good. So basically every week you're getting, I don't know, a hundred pounds and people are like, oh my God, you must get so much you're on the telly. You're like, no, I'm going home, walking home. Or if you're a guest on it, you don't get paid at exactly, all. Exactly, you're a guest on it, you don't so get you paid. So you get up at six o'clock, you go in, you're there till what, 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. You've got to get a nice outfit. There's exactly. Like, don't get paid, don't get paid for travel, see you later. You're just like, wow, so it actually costs no you money. no idea. No. It costs you money and they have no idea and you're like, they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You're like, 
it's not luck. Even in the ye olden days, Top of the Pops, they didn't pay a lot. Really? No. No, because it was Top of the Pops. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, yeah. you're on the best programme yeah. on BBC Friday nights, you mm. know what I mean? And I, do you know what, they could, I would have done it for free. Yeah. I loved every second of that. There should be programmes like that on the telly box now. Yeah, there's nothing See, if, like if that. they had like Big Breakfast, Top of the Pops, Happy I Days, I would be straight back all yeah. over it. I watch telly and there's nothing I actually, all I do is like set my, you know, record press you know sky atlantic or something yeah. like the outsider I'm yeah, watching yeah, yeah. you know a series something like that but there's not a single program that i watch on telly and i think that's a brilliant program that's a you know who's going to present every single yeah, program yeah. Well, we know, you yeah. know you know exactly yeah, yeah. and it's it's just such a shame because like in the 90s you had no clue we didn't even know who's presenting top of the pops from one week to the I next love that. I it'd love be like that. maybe me then there'd be jamie theakston sarah cox zoe ball mm. chuck us all around then there'd be some new kids that would come along Everyone was having an absolute ball. Then there'd be some older guy that used to be in Radio 1. Who knew? No one knew. Big Breakfast, my goodness. What? I don't even know what was going on half the time. Yeah. But the Big Breakfast was amazing. It was and so it's much such a shame fun. that there's nothing like that. Like, well, no, waking up to that was so good. It was great fun because obviously you've got BBC News, which I watch now and get my news. That's all great. I can't really watch. Yeah, the other one. Good morning. The one that I'm on. Thanks. No, but I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. I can watch it when you're no, on it. But you're, no. it's, it's no, Piers Morgan just shouts a wee bit too yes, much for me. Yes, he does. And it's very, very, very noisy. Aggressive. And I, I like it when Ben's on. I get mm. Ben's like I, I could just cuddle yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben's great. He's brilliant. Ben's lovely. And Everyone's Kate's. nice. And, and no, Pierce has his great days, yeah. but it's too noisy for me. That upsets me in the yeah. morning. But but I say that, and then but the big breakfast was noisy, but it was noisy in the way that everyone's laughing, and we were just having so much fun. Whereas it's angry. Yeah. yeah ITV yeah. sometimes in the morning, it's just like, oh, please stop being angry. And um, so then when you do big breakfast, <laughs> I remember we were getting picked up about two o'clock in the morning. So you'd finished Top of the Pops. I yeah. get back. I was living with Keith Flint at the time, so we were out in Essex. Oh my God. And so I'd get back there for about midnight, and then the, the the alarm would go off about two, and then I'd be in the car, and then you'd get to the studios for about maybe four or five in the morning, mm -hmm. and then you were live at seven, and then by nine o'clock, we were all wanting to go to the pub yeah, because yeah. we had no clue. Idea of the time. We had no idea what the time was, but we just did not stop laughing. And it was chaos because they'd give you a script. Do you think Johnny Vaughan listened to a script? Yeah. Do you think Chris Evans listened to a script? Yeah. We just we were just literally watching them, thinking, "What's going to happen yeah. next?" I and did my was, first work experience the there. Did you? I, and I went to Planet Twenty Four, and I used to go there. And I, it, for me, it was soul destroying. I found it really hard because I had work experience. I wanted to be on TV. I mean, I was a runner, and it, I mean, you make no money at all, do you? Oh, I was. I was. I, I didn't get paid for the first six six months, seven months. And it's, and you, For free, so I was, I was sleeping on sofas again. But, but it's scary because you're like there going, oh my God, do I actually have to do this to prove myself to get somewhere? <laughs> and I was like, it, it did actually soul destroy me. I, one day I just didn't come back. <gasps> I didn't, I just didn't enjoy it at all. It was quite a, tr a tricky company to work with. Yeah, they were, and they were big, big, big personalities in the production. You know, and obviously Charlie Parsons is a very and charismatic And Bob Geldof man. was there for a while, Bob Geldof, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a real crew of people who are quite crazy. Yeah, and then but then when you watch what they actually created, it was the most insane thing piece of TV ever. It was chaos, but it was amazing. It was just the most fun ever. I mean, they got guests in that you just think, how on earth did you find these people? I know. And I remember there was one guy came in from Glasgow, and it was hilarious. He's going, ah, oh, you're from Glasgow. And I was like, no, Edinburgh. He's like, oh, you're the posh one. Posh one, yeah. Uh, that's what they say. So it's like I was like, no, I'm not really. And um, he was like ordering pizzas every night from this takeaway in Glasgow. And his wife went, he said, you're, you're not ordering any more pizzas, right? Because if you are, I'm going to punish you. You're going to have to get the 
the name of the tattoo, uh, ah. get your the phone number tattooed on your your forehead, right? And he went, I no bother, I'm Glaswegian, right? So so basically, he ordered another pizza, and then he came back with the number tattooed oh on his forehead. God. Actually, had to be it was O one four one, which was the old dialing yeah, code, yeah. and then the dialing code changed the next day, <laughs> so he had the wrong number, and also he had it when he did it in a mirror, so it was wrong when he Oh round. my God, so it was just amazing, and I was just like, where do you find these people? Where do you find them? And they were brilliant, and he's like, came in, he's like, oh, look, I've got the pizza, and she's like, it's not even the right number. I was like, and we're on this is morning telly, morning this TV, is and then great. you'd have like Paulie Yates, and you have. Oh, yeah, because I felt doing it. Yeah, because Paula was on the bed and I was yeah. on the bed. So you'd be in dark. And that's where Paula met Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. All the flirtiness that used to yeah, go on I there. That. So funny. And Zig and Zag were hilarious. And Phil Gale was doing the, was the, uh, yeah, the news. newsreader. Even then, he just got interrupted constantly. I loved it. <laughs> it was so much fun. They should bring that. We back. should do that. We should we do, do that? that. Yeah, exactly. But we're Let's like a bit jaded. You know, we'll be like, oh, no, actually, no, we'd love it. Yeah, we'd love it. Everyone was great. I used to do the Russell Grant. Do you remember Russell Grant? So I did that show oh, I love for Russell. him. And we used to have like the worst, the world's worst guests. And one of our one guests we had was this um, was a uh, drag queen called Kylie Manogue. Nice, like, that's a good like, name. Such we a good like name. I'm like, they should have that on Drag Race now. It'd be yeah, brilliant. definitely. But no, it was just it was different and it was fun. They should just have something because like you've got like grumpiness on ITV. Not all the time. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not dissing the program, but it's just sometimes don't shout all the time because I feel like it's always like one thing that he'll pick on and it goes on for ages. Mm. You just think, well, get over it and then talk about something else because he can be quite funny. Yeah. Uh, BBC is very sort of like grown up. BBC, and, yeah. yeah, it's very BBC. But I do love it because you know you know you know what you're getting. Yeah. It's all very nice. And then you turn over to like Channel Four and you got something like King of Queens or yeah. some crappy. And Sky's good, like Kate Burley's good, but she's also a bit. Yeah, Sky's yeah. all right. It's fine, but and then um, and then you go to Channel Five and you got Peppa Pig, so it's like, you, you don't really have any fun in the morning. I love so it. I, I literally okay, just right, go, we're going to bring back fun in the yeah, morning. Yeah, we need fun in the mornings, the niceness and happiness, you know. So I love um, that. yeah, no, we're, absolutely. Well, it's so good to speak to you. I and think you too, thank really, you very much for having it's me. A pleasure. I think it's you nice know, to see you. Good to see you too. And I haven't said I and right and wee bit too much. I right wee bit. I bit. know. Right door. I think it's a very, I think the whole idea of imposter syndrome is really interesting. And I think what's great about you is you've kind of managed it in, a, in, in the way that you are now really the kind of real you. Yeah, you feel, know? Do you know, it actually feels like a weight off my shoulders. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. And you can see that in you. You can see yeah, that I've, in Yeah, I'm so in happier everything. than you've I used to be. you who you are. And like I say, like you said, I would cry on red carpet. Oh, yeah, I'd cry yeah. at parties. You'd have people getting taxis because I was yeah. just like hanging off people, hugging people, and it was just basically I shouldn't drink at these things. I'd start to get paranoid. I'd feel ugly, and then, but now I just think, oh my god, do you know what? You've seen it all. Yeah. You've seen everything. You've seen me being bold. You've seen me cry. You've seen me. You know. You've seen. Yeah. There's nothing else to see, really. You've seen me naked. <laughs> you've seen everything. Everyone's, yeah, you've, yeah, you've pretty much seen it. But you lot. know that—that's what's so good about you, and I think that's what's so relatable about you now. Is actually you're like you. This is me stripped bare. Yeah, and of it's, anything, it is and the nicest the feeling way. as well. It's nice when people come up and chat to you and and like talk to you as a human yeah. being, as opposed to oh my god, let's get a selfie. Oh my yeah. god, you know, you still get selfies and stuff like that, which is fine. But people know what to chat. Yeah. And it's not about what you look like or what program you've done or anything. It's yeah. like, how did you cope with this thing that happened last Monday? Or, you know, how are you cool day? And what do you think about the weather? Yeah. 
It's just real shit. Real shit. <laughs> real shit. And I think, so you know, really I, know, I, know I know that Meghan Markle said it in the wrong context when she said, how are you? You know, talk, people don't ask her how she is. But I do believe one of the biggest problems which we have as society is we never ask people actually how you are. I, and I always say you should always ask twice. Uh-huh. Because 100%. people always say fine. Exactly. Go, that's just, that's, that's a And then you go, how but really, really are you? How are you? But not like the lady in Portobello High Street when I went back to Edinburgh and I said, how are you? She went, well, Gail, I'll tell you something, right? <laughs> it's an hour later, I'm like that. Oh my God, so she's got, <laughs> she adds piles, she's got bunions. Oh, I've got the whole lot. And I was like, right well, there now. you go. But there you go. It was nice. <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere in a hurry, thank goodness. So, uh, yeah, so, but always ask twice because I think it's very, just care about people. You Definitely. Because people say fine because it's the easiest thing. Do you know what fine means? I'm not fine. It mean, What it means, and also they've got, I won't say the first word, the effed up, yeah. insecure, neurotic, exhausted. Really? Okay. That's good to know. I was taught that. Yeah, okay, I get Buys that now. my dreams. No, someone told me about that and I thought, it's, yeah. Gail, mm. thank you so much. I've thank learned lots you very from much. And I can't wait to see you again. Oh, I'm coming to LA with you. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's our show for today. I hope you liked it and found it both entertaining and enlightening. If you did, please subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. And while you're there, give us a five-star review just to make us feel we deserve it. Follow us on at PodPeopleUK, at Nick Eade, and at Gail Porter. Imposter Syndrome was presented by me, Nick Eade, and produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions. Theme music by Mike as well. See you next time. Thank you to our sponsor, Fake Bake. Check out their amazing range of healthy self-tanning products on fakebake.com. Yes, that's fakebake.com.